light, y'all. You are listening to another episode of The Spiritual Homegirl, where we discuss all things regarding self-development and bettering your spirit, but from the homie perspective, somebody who's going through the journey day by day, just like you. Hey, y'all, it's your girl, Maria, The Spiritual Homegirl, and we are back with another episode of The Spiritual Homegirl Podcast. Now, y'all know... Before I get started, I can't do any episode without thanking you all for listening. Out of the tens and thousands of podcasts that are in podcast land, you choose to lend me your ears for about an hour or so once a week. And I hella appreciate that. So this episode, man, first off, this episode is dedicated to my one of my favorite elders, Elder Jerry. And the reason why Elder Jerry is so special to me is because he was one of the first examples that showed me spirituality on your own terms. For those who are new to me, my platform is about bettering self and spirit from a homegirl just like you perspective. I do not want to be your guru. I just want to help empower you to unlock your own guru. I don't ever want anyone to be dependent on me for answers. You can take what serves you. You can reject what doesn't. You can try to argue with me. It, I mean, that's fine too. I'm not going to give you the energy because arguing with me is a luxury that most people can't afford. But I'm just more so about presenting things that can hopefully help people. That is my stance. I don't want to have a flock. I don't want to feel like I'm better than anybody. I make mistakes. I'm on the journey like everyone else. But I know that if I can share something that can help people, then so be it. And that's what I do every week on this podcast, just about every, well, every other week. And, you know, on social media as well. I'm a spiritual homegirl everywhere, <laughs> basically. Um, so for those who do not know, I'm a public speaker. I'm a businesswoman. Um, I sell merch. I have Make Peace With The Day, which is my other brand. I have a workbook that's from there. I also teach meditation, um, and I just really enjoy being here. And when I say being here, I mean like being on the adventure of the journey. It's a day-by-day adventure. There's always something new. No two days are ever going to be the same. And I really am a big believer and champion of just being grateful. Even through the bullshit, I can literally find one thing that I'm happy about. Even if I ain't happy with the total thing, I can find one thing. It's like, okay, this day sucks, but at least I woke up today or – at least my car didn't break down or, you know, like at least I had a full tank of gas. At least I had $5 in my account. Like things like that, I can, that's kind of how my mindset is when it comes to that. But with that being said, I'm definitely a person that's about duality. Um, and I'm, I understand that for me, it best serves me to accept and embrace my beautiful side and my happy side and the quote-unquote light side as well as the quote-unquote dark side. And I know sometimes in this kind of society, the social media, spiritual age, we kind of get told that the dark or the or the shadow self is actually not beneficial. You should shun it. It's positive vibes only. Even on my tagline, I say peace and light, but I have a clear understanding that it's not going to always be peace and it's not always going to be light. And I think that there's, um, for me, again, for me, there's beauty in those moments that aren't so pretty because there's sometimes a good lesson that can come from it, whether it's by our hand or whether it's by the hand of someone else. That's subjective, um, and everyone has different experiences and circumstances. But I know for me, I've always been able to find a lesson, even if it came in me hitting my head a few times and having to learn it a couple times, um, or things about myself that, you know, weren't conducive to me being a better person. Like, my shadow self is a bitch. You know what I mean? So I'm able to at least pick that out, acknowledge her, and see, like, hey, I see you, shadow self, and we're going to make this work for a better purpose, for the greater good of myself. 
for my own growth. So that's kind of what I believe when it comes to um, to that. I also don't think that the spiritual journey is aesthetically cute all the time. I know sometimes we get caught up in the the cute photos on Instagram, the beautiful baths, the candles, the altars, the burning of things, etc. Um, I don't think that that qualifies being spiritual. I know those are certain things that can, but I'm a person that thinks that spirituality is everywhere. I think that breathing is spiritual. I think that mindful eating is spiritual. I think being able to take a walk is spiritual. Nature is spiritual. Seeing kids play. There's a beautiful thing in, in seeing pure energy, play, animals, the whole nine. Like I'm a person that thinks that the journey don't have to be so over intellectualized and positioned to be super duper deep when in actuality, all of us are on a path. Um, and that actually kind of brings me to why I'm even doing this episode off schedule. I had a whole different episode planned. I did a dating episode last week or two weeks ago. And shout out to those that listened. I did move my podcast from SoundCloud to Anchor because Anchor is a better home for what I'm trying to do with this show. And I think it's more appropriate in terms of this being my going on third year doing podcasting. So I thought that this would be a good switch. So if you're subscribed on SoundCloud, I would move to Pocket Cast, Podbean, um, Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. I would move to those platforms because I don't think I'm going to be broadcasting on SoundCloud or distributing on SoundCloud after this episode or the next. It depends on how I feel. I'll discuss with my producer once we get there. But um, the reason why I'm doing this episode is because normally I stay silent, right? Normally I mind my business on things. And um, something happened today on social media that inspired me to just talk. And I normally am a person who may sit on lots of ideas and I don't speak until I I feel like I have to speak. Some say, you know, divine time, and some say spirit tells me to speak. But for me, it has to be a hell yes. And if it's not a hell yes, it's a hell no. So I had a conversation with Valeria, the Mexican witch. And I think that was episode 70. And we discussed spirituality being commercialized. Because spirituality is hot, y'all. That shit is popping. Like, it's like you see brands that are doing mystical shit for coffee and tea and things like that like it's the wave crystals i seen uh what was it what lip balm brand was that they doing like colors and shit with crystals and shit like it's becoming a part of marketing and i i see it i don't blame them i mean we already seen what happened with the sephora witch kids that shit <laughs> grand opening grand closing before that started but we see what that is now spirituality is not just a practice that's um, something that people use to better themselves is something that can generate millions, if not billions of dollars. And Valeria and I discussed that briefly in terms of charging for services and the balance between being a spiritual figure for fame, for money, for service, to be a service, um, or a combination of all three or some of the three. And she also on her platform discusses colonization um, of indigenous practices. And I think that's a good thing to touch on as well. And this episode is going to be somewhat in the same vein of everything that I just discussed. It's more so the issue of spiritual elitism and spirituality um, in the social media age. Like, I'm realizing that everyone has a platform, and that's beautiful. But when we start using our platforms, and I say we because I'm never above my own advice. I always want to maintain that I'm just like you. And I'm never above making mistakes and things like that. But a growing problem that I'm seeing is people are literally using they spirituality as like a badge of honor to justify shitting on other people. Um, I noticed that people like to dictate to others 
what is enlightenment and what isn't. And that shit got to stop. Who the fuck are we to tell someone else where they are in the journey is not good enough, is not spiritual enough, is not enlightened enough when we have our own journey to focus on and they have their own lessons to learn? How the fuck is an apple going to tell an orange how to be? I don't understand. A plantain and a banana look similar, but they're two damn different things. How can we talk one about the other and say that they're both required to do the same thing? Because you can't eat a plantain raw. You can eat a banana raw. If that makes sense. So I just feel like for one, for an apple to tell an orange or for a banana or a plantain to tell one about the other in terms of how to be the best or how to be better or what's necessary to do. I just I don't think that's cool. And like I said, I sat on it for a while and it wasn't until I had me a little tiny exchange on Twitter today that made me realize, fuck that shit. I'm going to talk. And if y'all are new to me and y'all need the the soft voiced um, tone or the hi guys to play clay, whatever, whatever sensitivities you may have, I'm going to give you a warning now, a trigger warning. I am very much confident in who I am and what I stand for as a woman, as a podcaster. And as a brand. And my delivery is very straight shots to the face. I have a tone. I'm well aware of it. Um, and if you have a problem with my delivery and you may not feel that is spiritual enough. Or you may not feel like it fits your definition of what you think a spiritual homegirl may be. You might want to cut this shit off. Because I don't. Um, I'm not really about an image as I am about making sure that whatever shit I have to say is authentic to me. This episode obviously is not safe for work, so I would hide your kids, hide your wives, hide people that might be sensitive, put your earphones on if you need to, or listen to it at another time. But I'm very much the homegirl. I kick shit raw. So, moving forward, I have my show notes too. Normally I have light notes, but I actually want to make sure that whatever I say this episode definitely gets across the way I need it to be across. Sometimes I do episodes off the top and I hit it in one take for an hour and we're good. But I feel like with this, I may need to slow down. So you may see me shuffling through my notes as the episode goes on. So with that being said, let's see. Ah, episode 26. I've been podcasting for about three years now. And it has manifested into something great. And I'm really happy. I always felt like it was my life's work. I never wanted to be in front of the the mic let alone in front of a phone and saying who I was and things just kind of didn't happen that way and I'm, I'm grateful for that and I've been able and honored to speak to awesome people that's on the journey like myself and they have an understanding of the journey being not so linear and not so labely if that makes sense <laughs> and one of my episode guests was Monique Mertens and that was episode 26 and we were talking about her journey as a life coach and things like that and I asked her advice in terms of what to look for when soliciting a life coach or when vetting a proper spiritual teacher or life coach or whatever. And she actually gave a good piece of advice. And it says something along the lines of, you have the right to interview a coach as much as they're trying to sell you their product, right? And I think that applies even now. It happened almost two years ago, but I feel like this quote applies to self-proclaimed healers, coaches, and teachers. I feel like if we're going to solicit directly or indirectly, there has to be a fair level of comfort 
with people inquiring about whether we are a good fit for them. Now, I ain't talking about people that's just not reading product descriptions, not reading biographies, not reading profile biographies, not reading terms and conditions, things like that. Because some people really just want to talk to you and not listen and do work or whatever to research and do things on their own, even if you provide the information for them. We're not talking about folks that are too lazy to look for answers that can be easily answered on a site. We're talking about people that do not want to have consultations to actually get to know the people that they might be working with, that might be exchanging time and energy and money with as to whether they're a good fit. And um, I know for me, I feel like that's really important as a consumer. Um, like, for instance, Alaya Clark. Alaya Clark is a photographer out here in L.A. Like, she's not a spiritual figure in terms of saying, hey, I'm this, that, and the third, but she's one hell of a photographer. And her work is art. Her work captures the essence, the soul, the spirituality of her subjects. And I know for me, if I'm going to trust someone to be vulnerable and to share my essence and a part of me, even on some shit like photography, I'm going to talk to her. And I really want to shout her out because she definitely answered every single DM for a week and a half to make sure. And honestly, I know when I'm going to shoot with her. I needed to get warmer in LA <laughs> because it's cold as hell out here. But um, I know that I have an idea of how I want to do it. And I trust her to get the vision done. And that would not have happened if she was not so gracious to answer my inquiries. So um, I thought that was really dope. Now, when it comes to the whole issue of spirituality and what we want in terms of our people, there are spiritual figures, ideologies, and religions that have issues, right? Like I think sometimes we look for perfections in our spiritual figures, and we don't realize that sometimes they may not be a person to follow or the ideology or the religion or the practice, whatever it is. It may not be necessary to follow 100% of the time. Sometimes it's just meant to show us something that can be used, and then we can take the fish and spit out the bones, as they say, as the elders say. Take the eat the fish, spit out the bones. Meaning, take what works for you and what feeds you, and spit out what doesn't nurture or feed you. So, um, I feel like that's really important, you know. Um, but in the social media age, with everyone being able to express themselves and have so many different platforms to do so, um, people people are are vulnerable. They want to be loved. They want to be inspired. They want to be able to feel like they can be encouraged. They can be considered and that there's somebody rooting for them because it can get lonely on the journey. It can be very cold out here too. So the problem for me, well, there's not a problem with it. Okay. But people can always be of service, but the problem for me lies when people know that other people are vulnerable and they take advantage of people's vulnerabilities in order to um, exploit them for personal gain, profit, or help it, you know, or have some type of evil intention or a combination of all three. That's my that's my main problem with that. Sorry, y'all had to close the door. I want to make sure that we we keeping it, you know, just me and you today. But um, that's my problem. I also have a problem when we use consciousness as a way to justify ego and fuel a messiah complex. That shit is wrong, bro. I try my best not to judge that, but I feel like if we're exploiting other people 
their vulnerabilities, their energies, and we're trying to enforce our power and will over other people to brainwash them and manipulate them into depending on us or to control the will. That shit is wrong. That's that spiritual elitism shit. You look down on other people as little mere subject, peon-ass motherfuckers that you want to manipulate, and it's not cool. Knowing that they're going to build you up and, and be loyal to you and lift you up and, and things like that, knowing that you're doing that on fraudulent pretenses is wrong. And also, I think some of the philosophies in the social media spiritual age and, and the spiritual elitism piece, like I feel like some of this shit that we hide behind is a way to not acknowledge our own bullshit we all have bullshit that's not cool anybody that says they don't have no bullshit about them is a fucking liar i wouldn't believe not one bit but shit with like shit like when people dislike you it has nothing to do with you yes that can apply to projection that can but that's also a very black and white statement it's a whole nother ball game when people don't fuck with you because you sell them bogus products or services or you treat them like shit there's a lot of gray areas that cliches ain't covering and once I accepted this, life got much easier for me. It's really easy to jump into cliches and try to apply them to life. It's really easy to jump into Twitter logic and apply it to life. But the thing about this Twitter shit and this online shit is that what's good for the goose ain't good for the gander. Meaning what may be cool online and makes sense online may not be applicable in every situation because every circumstance is different. Every person is different. Every way of processing for all involved could be different. So I feel like sometimes we put cliches and shit as, as ways to deflect from our ability to see when we're wrong and to see when we need to hold ourselves accountable. That's also a form of spiritual elitism. If somebody, if you wrong somebody and somebody's trying to call you to task for it, it's not always projection. Sometimes you just fucked up. And that's okay because you're on the journey learning. You have a right to fuck up. You have a right to own up to your mistakes. You ain't got to sit there and humble yourself publicly and make an ass out of yourself like some people may want you to. But you have the right to be like, yo, I fucked up on that one, bro. <laughs> My bad. Players mess up too every day. I'm going to hold this L, this lesson. I'm going to hold this lesson. So um, that's another thing I think is is becoming kind of a problem out here. And um, I just don't want people to feel like they have to accept that bullshit from other people. Keep it a buck. We letting people tell us that portals are open at certain times. We're telling people when to, like, we're telling folks when is a good time for them on their journey with their own energetic field, with their own shit. We're telling other people when is good for them. We're accepting other people feeding us shit to the point where, and there's nothing wrong with getting help first off. There's nothing wrong with saying, oh, that's good advice. It resonates. I'll take that. But there are some people who cannot have the power or do not have the power to recognize their own power to be like, yo, I'm going to do my own guidance, my own research to figure it out. Case in point, astrology, the moons. There's lots of great books that talk about moon cycles. There's lots of great books on astrology. But rather than say, you know what, let me kind of brush up on some things. You ain't got to read all 50, 11 books. But instead of saying, yo, maybe we should read a couple of these books. Maybe I can understand. We'll expect someone else to do the work for us. I think that shortchanges ourselves. Some books are not even 100 pages that talk about moon cycles. You don't have to be an expert. But at least be open to the idea of knowing that you're free to do your own research. 
people can give us advice and things and tools and, and all that shit is great. But I just don't think that it's meant for us to be codependent on someone else's guidance and intuition. People get out of religion and, and talk shit about the church and then fuck around and follow a spiritual figure the same way they followed the preacher. All while bad-mouthing religion. Oh, they're judgmental. Meanwhile, you got your, your spiritual figure telling you you're not doing enough spiritual work and for $19.99 a month, they can help you out. It's the same fucking shit. Just a different playing field. I can't be the only one that feels this way, bro. I stay on the ship for way too long. I'm hoping somebody gets it. We do have the power to take control of our journeys. Even if you choose to not do the work, at least you're like, you know what? Okay, this is who I am. This is where I'm at. But it's just, it kind of sucks to see people that really want to do better and want to help still not, still find, well, yeah, I'll say it, still blindly follow people. Blindly following people is dangerous as fuck. We have a lot of cults out here. People don't think it's extreme because people ain't killing themselves yet in mass like the whole Jim Jones situation. People don't really think it's that serious yet. But when you start giving your power to other people and not depending on your intuition, letting people take your power, take your energy from you, take your money from you and dictate to you what is proper for you to the point where you can't even be in a position to question yourself. That's some scary shit. We don't have to do that if we don't want to. I'm just giving y'all the option. I'll try my best not to dictate to y'all and to preach to y'all because I really want people to understand you can really empower yourself if you want to. Don't let no spiritual snobs tell your ass differently. I totally get that people want to be vulnerable, like I said, but sometimes the people that choose to follow, it can be a little tricky. Discernment is a, is, a, is a thing that some people have and some people don't. And when I say some people don't, I mean some people may not realize that it's there. Just like with intuition. Some people may not realize that the intuition, we're, we're born with that kind of shit. And for whatever reason, sometimes it gets cloudy and it gets a little, um, it gets hard to kind of accept that that's actually on, you know, it's actually something that's of your power. Some people don't really quite get that. Um but I just don't want people to feel like since they're on a journey of self-development and discovery, I just don't want people feeling like they can advise others from a high horse, feeling like they're better than other people that's also on the same journey of self-development and discovery like we are, just to try to feel justified. Some of this shit is becoming an ego game. Some of it's becoming like I'm the motherfucker you should be following. I'm the person that's going to lead you to where you need to go. I'm the person that's the truth and the light, and I'm the answer to your problems. I was sent here to show all of you the answers. And the thing is, everybody was fucking put here to show somebody something. Whoop, whoop, big deal. I am a healer. You are not a healer. Like, I just think those kind of things, those kind of labels that put people above others to make it seem like they're in a better place or in a more position or a better position than other people. I think some of that's bullshit sometimes. I'm not talking about people who are trained to do things, who have gone through the work, the experience, certifications, whatever, initiations, whatever it is. I'm not talking about real, trill-ass people who have a developed skill set that could possibly help other people. I'm talking about regular-ass people that really 
I mean, we all are regular ass people. Most of my people that try to read 10 or 12 books and all of a sudden they're just more elevated. No, you're just a motherfucker that read 12, you know, 10 or 12 books, bro. You're a human having, or you're a spirit having a human experience, just like everybody else. I don't really understand why we do that. And we try to dictate, oh, well, people, I'm in 5D. I'm way, I'm, I'm above, I've ascended, I've ascended. Um, but if you do something that I believe is not 5D and not ascended enough for me, I'm going to say that you're in 3D, you're a human, you're a mere mortal. You're not developed like other people. I feel like that's the dumbest shit I've ever heard because I've seen 3D people knock 5D people out. And I'm saying, like, you can't vibrate yourself out of an ass whooping if sometimes. Like, sometimes you just can't, bro. Sometimes shit happens, you pop off at the wrong one, and you get your ass knocked out. I'm saying that to say that people sometimes try to act like they're so much better than certain things. And they forget that we all encountering each other on our like based on our own level of consciousness. So, yeah, you might think you're above a motherfucker because you've ascended certain things. And if you address somebody that hasn't quite gotten to where you think you are yet, they're going to address you and respond to you in a way that is relative to their own consciousness. I'm going to let that sink in. Don't ascend so high to where we forget our surroundings, myself included. I don't ever want to get to a place to where I feel like I'm above people. I hate, I can't, I can't, I can't fuck with it. I hate that. Can't stand it. Sometimes people take advantage of the vulnerabilities because they know that they get paid from that. Their following grows when they say certain shit. Or they feel validated or needed. So I get it. Doesn't mean I agree with it. But just don't. Just be aware. That's all I'm going to say. Just be aware. So that's one note. Let me shuffle these pages up. This is a very unpopular opinion. And I might get some flack for this. I always get flat from my episodes. It's always somebody trying to tell me that whatever I do isn't spiritual based on their standards. And I never give a fuck about that because I don't let other people's standards dictate how I give my message and how I want to help others. And I hope you guys are able to do the same. Um, but preaching and pimping are kind of similar. And the reason why I say preaching and pimping are similar whether it's preaching from a spiritual level, whether it's preaching from a motivational speaking level, whether it's preaching from a religious level, it's about exploiting the vulnerability for personal gain, like I said. And to be honest, everybody exploits to a degree. On a very, very small scale, likes, retweets, shares. And then it goes up to money, possessions. Then it goes up to actual spiritual warfare and control and things like that. And again, the question is going to always lie with me. Who benefits from the exploitation? Is it you or us, I should say? The greater good, the negative forces, or a combo of all three plus outside entities? I'm going to let y'all uh, interpret outside entities on your own <laughs> as there's different ways to approach that. So, the spiritual elitism got to stop, bro. I just feel like people have to understand we are no better than the next. We are all one choice away from being a person that we talk shit about. We're one choice away from being a person that we think could be better than that. And the reason why people forget that is because they overcome some shit and forget that 
there's there's always fluidity in the journey. We're not going to be up all the time. We can act like we are, but we're not. And um, I just feel like we have to remember, like, like the homeless people. People talk shit about homeless folks. Oh, well, they shouldn't have lost their job. Or they shouldn't have did this. They shouldn't have did drugs. Or they should have went to a doctor. Like, you don't know people's stories. Some people get laid off and they can't afford the house. Sometimes people get drugged and they're never the same. Sometimes people can't afford medicine or they run off. There's people, you know what I'm saying? Like, there's so many different things that we just put, oh, well, if it was me, I would have, like, no, bro. Like, until you get in people's situations and walk their shoes, you really can't say shit. And even then, when you do walk inside people's shoes, you still can't say shit because that's not. Your experience, your experience is yours. What they did is theirs. Again, as I always say, we are all connected, but we're not all compatible. So, um, do I want to talk about this? Yeah, let's do this. Let's do this. Let's go ahead. Let's just knock it out. Audrey Kitchen, right? I promised myself that I would never use my platform to tear another person down. And there's times where I could have. There's been times people have come to me on some bullshits when it came to things that had nothing to do with my credibility as a person, as a businesswoman. Um, the two times that happened, it was about a damn man that I wasn't even seeing. You have a life coach here. You have a comedian chick there. You know what I'm saying? Like, shit happens. I feel it. You know what I mean? <laughs> but the times that I could have sat there and used my platform to tell the truth on certain things or to defend a friend and things like that by the request I never did. And even then I sat and thought about it. I said, I don't think that's a good look. I won't do it. Because I never want to seem like I was tearing somebody down. But when it comes to ethics, we ain't talking about personal shit. We're talking about like, like personal shit that's brought to me on a brand page. We're talking about ethics. And I feel like being a spiritual brand, there has to be a level of ethics involved. And... um. The ethics issue with Audrey Kitchen that I was discussing actually relates to this episode. So it was actually kind of related. It was a last minute development in this. So I'm going to address it. And I was actually blocked <laughs> from her. So I'm going to include it to, um, to see what you guys think about this. Now, I know some people are now speaking up because the Daily Dot put out an article on her. And some people might be familiar with it. They might be friends with it. They might be, you know business partners where they might be scared to say what they want to say or give their own opinion because they're scared to fuck up like potential media contacts or relationships or business relationships that can manifest or the shouts on social media, the cosigns, whatever, you know, and if that's you, you were entitled to have your own opinion, you feel me? But you're going to have to eventually decide whether your integrity is worth the silence. And for me, my integrity on shit is not worth the silence. If something is wrong and it's on it's on some ethical shit when it comes to something quote unquote spiritually related, I have to say something. Normally I mind my business until it involves me because I like to speak on my own truth. But this she when she blocked me, I was like, all right, cool. Cause I'm low-key wanting answers. I'm trying to low-key ask for answers. I'm not trying to attack that girl. I don't know that girl like that. Um, but for her to kind of do that, I was like, oh, this perfectly speaks to what the fuck I'm talking about, about deflection and accountability and all this other shit. So, um, but for those that, you know, put silence over integrity, I ain't judging you. It's not for me to judge. But you're going to eventually have to make a decision with that um, at some point. Now, I'm seeing that there's issues because she's a popular source of inspiration. And if you want to give positivity to others, that is okay, boo. Okay? Inspire away. Sow them positive seeds. Do your thing. There's nothing wrong with being a source of inspiration to others, right? 
But again, this is not what this is about. There's plenty of accounts that do it. Plenty. Some don't have a personality or, or a person attached to it. There's, there's inspiration everywhere. Um, but the story changed for me, like I said, when it came to a question of ethics and integrity. And when I asked about it, I felt that the handling of it was kind of sus. And um, even on the flip, sometimes negative things can actually inspire us too. And that's actually kind of why I'm discussing her because even with that, with that little thing like her blocking me, I was inspired to discuss the issue because her issue actually tied into the topics. So the backstory on this shit is that Audrey Kitchen is a typical social media spiritual chick, right? I low-key can fit by these standards, too, to be honest. I mean, well, minus the hella pretty curated pages, I don't do that. I kind of just post what the fuck I want to post. But with her, it's a very beautifully crafted, uh, crafted curated page, beautiful aesthetics. Um, she says she's an empath, healer, you know, buy shit from my shop, et cetera, you know, whatever. You know, typical spiritual shit that we do. Spiritual, most spiritual accounts have some kind of merchandise or business or, or something attached to it, you know, so I get it. Um, apparently she was popping on MySpace, you know, about 10 years ago, 10, 15 years ago, tried to do a YouTube reality show. She was a video girl, video girl at one point. Um, they were trying to make a, a point to say she's a three-time failed business owner, a wannabe star, wanted to be on MTV. Now, in my assessment, I'm saying it to say that that's not quite relevant to her now. The reason why I say that is because, and I'm not defending her on this, but I'm saying that we all have gone through phases where we want to figure things out, right? And regardless of the intention, we had to figure out what worked for us. I know some strippers who got hella knowledge. They can kick knowledge and twerk their ass off. It doesn't make them any less um, any less knowledgeable or people that have tried different types of businesses. And they realize, you know what? Maybe my calling business-wise is to actually just be myself or to share my spiritual practices with people or to share my gifts with people. So I'm saying that with regards to Audrey to say that, this um, isn't quite something that I would harp on. I mean, you're free to do your own assessment. But for me, I didn't think that was really like something that was like, you know. Um, but the Daily Dot article that was written by Naomi Reggae. I, I apologize if I butcher any of you guys' names. I'm so sorry in advance. But the article was written by her saying that she was a fraud. Now, there's a couple of accounts you know, on social media. I think there was Fraudly. Frolly Kitchen? I think that was on Instagram. It's not on there anymore. But Human Sound on Twitter, they've been talking about it for a while now, um, before the article dropped. Um, for me, I personally was not a person that was constantly checking up on her moves. She would pop up on my timeline from other people, retweets, shares, etc. Um, some stuff made sense, you know, but it was just regular vague shit, you know? Like like they say, a broken clock is right twice a day. So, you know, it's not like she's just a wrong person all day, every day when it comes to her ideologies. Um Sometimes, you know, sometimes, sometimes, sometimes the, the blanket statements, the black and white statements make sense. Like, you know, shed what doesn't serve you so that we can be better people. Like, that's some shit that, that's like that's regular. You feel me? Like, whatever. But the my contentions um, with these kind of accounts is that they seem to be for the people, but don't quite act as if they are other people. I'm more, and again, this is just, again, I have my own prefaces. I prefer the people I fuck with to be demonstrative and not performative. And that's across the board, boo. That's even with pro-black. I don't want to hear you yelling on the fucking phone all day. Do you community service? You do community service at other places? Do you get in the field? 
You get in the streets, you help people outside your goddamn phone when people are not giving you money for merchandise and speaking events and shit like that. That's kind of my thing. And I feel like when it comes to spirituality, that is no different. I feel like at some point, if we really want to be, and again, this is me. This is my preference, okay? So I'm not saying that folks is wrong. But for me, I wasn't a fan of her because all of the unicornish shit, I don't really like hella crafted images. I, don't, I really don't like motherfuckers that's really crafted manufactured mystery. I don't like manufactured mystery. I don't like people that are not able to, you can help from a meme, but can you actually tell people what you've been through that's gotten to your course of experience? I need to be able to relate to you. So I couldn't relate to old girl, honestly. Um, and, you know, the whole mystical presence, you know, rare social media, um, like, you know, like, it, you don't really see her in the comments. At least I didn't really see her in the comments like that when I actually checked up on her. She might do some IG lives and shit. That's cool. Um, but there's no YouTube, no interviews like that. There's a couple of spotlights and a couple of um, magazines, things like that. So, again, like I said, the mystery, whether it was manifested or manufactured from a marketing aspect, was fucking genius. Because when it comes to spirituality, it's cloaked in darkness and occultism and, and, and mystery because that's what makes it exciting and spooky and scary because society has made spirituality come up on some cuckoo shit like oh if it's not traditional religion oh it's evil it's scary so I feel like when people take advantage of that like I said with you know like Starbucks and things like that and they and they do these cool marketing campaigns they capitalize on the fact that society has made uh, spirituality to be the way it is now technically she is a content creator you know she creates content to ultimately sell and push her products. She builds the following and she uses it to convert into customers. That that makes sense to me too. But the problem lies where, at least the article, according to the article, the article says that she was saying that her products were handmade in Philadelphia, handmade in Philadelphia, right? But then her old employees are saying that she's buying shit from AliExpress and eBay for as little as $3.30, but then she's flipping it for $48. Chains is turning black and shit, and she's kind of dismissive, like, well, what did you expect? I mean, shit, it's a $30, $40 chain, you know, like, whatever. Now, again, that was an issue I read in the article. I said, oh, that's fucked up. But that's more so like typical business issues, you know, potentially sketchy product. You know, you can report that to the BBB or the Better Business Bureau. You know, you can you go to PayPal, dispute things if it's not good, you know. The next issue was that she was plagiarizing and, you know, things like that. And some people were saying that, you know, oh, that's a vague thing. Like I was saying, some of the shit kind of seemed vague. But then they started naming people that she actually stole from verbatim. There are people that are saying that she's used them for um, tech services, photography services, and wasn't getting paid. She was trying to exploit people's admiration to barter services without any kind of compensation. I said, oh, damn, that's a slight ethics issue. I kept reading it got sketchy when people started talking. And we're not talking about, and people were saying, oh, it's gossip. But I don't think it's gossip when you have four, at least four people that are talking about their experience with this person. Four. Four. This isn't no shit where it's a blind source said, blind item said. It's been speculated. No, people are coming out saying, yo, my name is so-and-so. This is my real name, and I got an issue with her ass, and this is why. People are saying that. First person Lauren Carfagno, she was an admirer, you know, oh, she respects what she does, and she kind of gets converted into an underpaid apprentice, um, which is fucked up, 
And then she ends up getting another person involved as an employee, LaBrea Welliver. And LaBrea Welliver puts in the article that she becomes uh, mistreated. I think one of them was like to the point where it was a personal assistant situation to the point where it went from, hey, we're going to build this company together to, hey, scoop up my cat poop or scoop up cat litter for me. It's like, oh, shit. Like, oh, that's kind of tricky. Now, granted, it could be in the scope of services, but the problem in this article that makes Audrey Kitchen come off problematic as fuck is when LaBrea Welliver said that she was being mistreated and um, and Audrey allegedly said something to the effect of, I treat you like this because in a past life, you were my servant and we're here again so that I can teach you the lesson. If this girl said that shit, that's the prime example of what I'm saying about spiritual snobs, spiritual elitism, and the exploitation and manipulation of vulnerability being used in a fucked up way. Like there's literally people online on these internet streets telling folks that they've been abused as children because they attracted that to them. Are you fucking kidding me? So when I saw that, I said, wow, that is, that's terrible. That's fucking terrible. Um, and I said, well, damn, that's her story. You know, that's her, that's her, that's her truth. I'm like, damn, it's more people. It's another name. Alex March. She's a medium. They get cool. Everything kind of starts from a friendship or an admiration or a mutual respect and admiration. At least it seems that way. And then it comes to a point where now, Old girl is telling Alex March to give her service for free at parties. They shopping reality shows together, which I don't knock. I don't knock the reality show shit because, again, they were smart enough, or at least it appears to be that one of them was smart enough to say, you know what, this is marketable. We can do this. I mean, because that's what's going on now. We have shows that are about spiritual healing, mediums, and fixing people's lives. Like, I get that. But Alex was saying that, you know, she was trying to... Excuse me. She was trying to like manipulate things, meetings, connections. And I, I kind of was like, damn, that is really fucked up. Again, this is what? Witness number three at this point? It gets even more interesting. The story really turned for me when I started reading about Vanessa Cuchilla. And I hope I do not butcher her name. I have been following Shock Rubs for a few years now. I feel like maybe two years. Because I remember I, I started following Shock Rubs when I had a, a very small amount of followers. And the reason why I was following Shock Rubs was because Shock Rubs was the first, like, um, crystal pleasure kind of thing that I saw. Now, I saw Yoni eggs. That's one thing. But Shock Rubs actually had whole, like, wands. Like, whole, like, they looked like, <laughs> not quite dildos, but, you know, they were like yoni ones. They were long, they were girthy, and it was a merge of sexuality and spirituality. And I respected that. I did not know that Vanessa Cuchilla was the owner at the time. Um, and her story with Audrey is what made me be like, oh, this is fucked up. And this is what falls into a category, If I mean, based on what the article says, a spiritual elitism and the exploitation and manipulation of vulnerabilities. Again, it happens the same way, according to Vanessa, 
Audrey poses as a, you know, a customer, somebody that she could probably kick it with, somebody she was cool with. She's constantly buying things from her business. And I can imagine, I think her story hit home with me the most because it's the most relatable. As a woman of ideas, of a woman um, of business sense, and a hardworking woman who just wants to be heard, or a woman that wants to just put her shit out to the world. To have a person of seemingly large influence fuck with your shit, it can be exciting at times. But then, you know, it's a heartbreaker when a person that has a larger following that respects or seemingly respects what you do turns around and does the same shit you do. That's where that shit became an issue for me, where I said, whoa, this is some bullshit. Vanessa designed them shits by hand herself. That's her baby. That's her project. I relate to that too much because it's with Spiritual Homegirl. I've been stolen from a few times. Legit. To the point where I'm like, at this point, you have to protect yourself. Your intellectual property. People say you shouldn't do that in a spiritual world. But the gag is everybody not in it for the same reasons. And also, we're playing a spiritual game in the middle of a capitalistic human-ass society. You have to do what the fuck you got to do. So for Vanessa's story, when she said, I was legit crying, quote, I was legit crying. I felt for her. My chest tightened. I said, oh, that's fucked up. Because I know what that's like. You have people that follow you that don't give a fuck about you, actually. They follow you because they want to steal from you. They follow you to just stay abreast of what you got going on. But the gag is with that. Sidebar. If all people do is wait on the next move, they're going to always be behind. If people are copying ideas from a year, two years ago, that means their ass is going to continue to be behind. That's why stealing from folks isn't right. That's why it doesn't make sense in the long run. You're going to always be behind. And now a lot of people are smartening up, so they're not coming out with no bullshit now. They're coming out with shit that's going to be so tight, it's going to be hard to duplicate. People are not going for that shit no more, especially in the spiritual world. People are not going for that. At least not my partners that I'm cool with. And I had no intention on reaching out to Audrey Hitchin at all until I read Vanessa's story. I was going to take it as what it was. I was going to digest the article, took what resonated, released what didn't, and just gone by my damn day. But when I seen that, I said, that's fucked up. I'm going to ask. So I try to um, go to her profile on Twitter. And I'm seeing people already ripping her a new one. Um, you know, hashtag Audrey Kitchen. You seen a whole bunch of shit. I'm like, oh, damn, that's not cool at all. <laughs> not good at all. So I said, you know what? Let me go to her profile and see if maybe she's addressed it. You know what I'm saying? And um, it was the cool, like, vague tweets. Okay, cool. You know, what was some shit that I saw that was wild to me? You know what? I'll save that. I'll save that. <laughs> but, um... Let me make sure I cover everything before I get there. After reading the article, right, before I get to me reaching out to her, the thing that kind of, that kind of, like, made me kind of be like, damn, this, this might be some bullshit, like, in terms of this might actually be something that, that might be true, is that the common theme with all of these stories, like I've been saying this whole episode, has been exploiting and manipulating people's Vulnerability for no other gain or for no one else's gain other than the exploiter. 
Now I'm well aware that nobody can lame clay to energy work or healing or being a spiritual being. Those things are not exclusive. I'm well aware of that. I understand that. But I believe the how may be tricky. I think Mila Starfire, if I remember correctly, she was in the article. She talked about how initially she was sought out for her services and then Audrey steals her fucking identity as a healer. This shit happens a lot. This shit is crazy. I was like, damn. Manufacturing authenticity or image that appears to be for the people because you know it sells, especially when it ain't true to you, is dead ass wrong. It is. And then Harada Baker said something similar um, in the article to what Monique said um, that I mentioned in my, in my episode um, about making sure that you examine everything from yourself to your own practitioners. So I took the article as a good tale of caution in terms of knowing who the fuck you dealing with. And sometimes people stand so hard for their faves, their faves can't do wrong. And when we start putting regular ass beings on the journey like us on a pedestal, that is dangerous. We start putting in, we're like invested in them to the point where we can't see the fact that they're not above the same shit we are. So, um, I already see where this is going. I kind of got hit up by a couple people. And, um, she got like a, a, a fan base, you know, that might ride for her. And, um, <laughs> I was actually amused <laughs> when somebody tried to get my comments. I was like, first of all, I don't acknowledge any type of bullshit from somebody that's a private account or doesn't have their own pictures on their profile. Cause if you can't stand in your truth online, you damn sure ain't finna take none of my time and energy. Cause as I always say, arguing with me is a luxury that most motherfuckers can't afford. So I seen that. I said, Oh, that's cute. She got a couple of stands that's really ride or die. Okay, cool. Whatever. I'm not going to acknowledge them because again, you can't leave your truth online. You damn sure ain't finna get none from me. So, um, I also saw some shit. Oh, people are projecting. They just jealous. And as I said previously, it's not projection when it comes to a ethics issue. If people are feeling like you fucked them over, that's not projection. That's a consequence to an action that was given. That's a reaction to a action. So I was kind of like, it's not projection as that response is deflection. Then it can say, oh, well, and I'm thinking about all the possible responses. Oh, you're just jealous. I ain't jealous of shit. I've been featured in Nationwide Platforms last year as well. I had a really good 2018. You heard? I had a real good year. Very happy. Shout out to Mantra Magazine, by the way, one of my favorite magazines. But it's not about that. Oh, you want to be where she is. I don't want to be in no position where I'm appearing that I'm one thing and motherfuckers are saying the opposite. So it's not about wanting to be in other people's position. I know people are going to probably try to deduce a reasoning as to why I would even say that. I'm going to give you the reason why. Just stay tuned. It's not about the exposure to me on these nationwide platforms because it's very quick. It's very here today, gone today. Shit goes viral for five minutes and people don't give a fuck the next week. That's kind of how society is right now. So it's not about the exposure, but for me, it's about the following that puts you in the positions to receive them. And if you're misleading a follower uh, count of upwards of 600,000 on three different platforms, and it's more motherfuckers that are saying that you're out here doing dumbass shit, in the name of spirituality, as you make money off of people who don't know no better, that's where I have a problem. Especially if you're stealing work that comes off the heart and the soul of somebody who just wants to be great. That's not fucking fair. It's not. 
And the way she addressed it, I thought it was passive as fuck. She's free to address it how she wants to address it. But for me, I'm like, yo, like, usually when a, you can, you can passively, you know, do whatever you want to do. But I felt like for someone's business credibility to be attacked, at some point a statement kind of has to be made. We see it everywhere else. Regardless of the intention of whether we believe that shit or not. <laughs> I mean, we see that. When your business is being attacked and people are coming out the woodworks, not only in articles but on social media with their own experiences, at some point, it's going to come to a point where either it gets addressed in a brief statement or whatever it is, or it gets seen as, oh, she really is about this bullshit because she don't even want to answer it. Or it can be, you guys are just hating on her. Let her live. You're attacking her, which has kind of been a combination. I'm seeing all of the different responses with the exception of an actual formal statement. But at some point I'm like, damn, if you make your money off of this following, wouldn't it make sense to kind of at least reassure them that you're a solid motherfucker, that you're not stealing people's money. You're not lying to them. So I was kind of like, that's interesting. Um, and again, I always feel like silence was very telling. So she says something along the line of, to be completely honest, none of this is new. It's so exhausted. To anyone who has been following me since the MySpace era of 2005, there has been a bully attempt crucifixion almost yearly for over a decade. The only thing is that that is constant is that I keep moving on and being me. Okay, sis. That's cute. But people are saying you don't pay. People are saying that you are emotionally and spiritually and mentally abusive. It's a difference between bullying and people sharing their truth of their experiences with you. I'll get to why I feel that way in a little bit. So I politely respond. I'm not trying to attack this damn girl because I don't know her. Now, the article's fucked up. But again, I don't know her. But I feel like, for clarity, like, are, like people are talking a lot of shit about you, sis. Are you going to at least, like, you ain't even got to deny or counterattack. It's almost like a, is these, you know, these are unfounded allegations or, you know, Something along those, I just was confused. I said, damn, this girl is fucked up if this article is, is true. So I said, <sighs> I got to find it. Because she blocked me quick as fuck. <laughs> she blocked me so quick. I got to find it because the thing is, the responses still show up. I said there's an article that's claiming that you're nasty to people you know, as well as strangers who just want the truth to the allegations that you're more aesthetic than substance. Do you plan on answering this? I didn't get blocked that time. I mean, again, the intentions wasn't to attack her ass. It was a question. Like, look, this article is saying this. I don't know if you know it because she never addressed it. But people are saying this about you. Do you plan on answering this at all? Nothing. But she don't block me, whatever. I'm just like, bro, they're calling you a whole ass fraud. The more you stay silent, the more this shit is going to have more legs than a, than a damn fashion week fashion show in New York City. It's going to be more legs that's going to be running and talking. So it's like either you going to say something or the legs is going to keep talking and that's going to be the truth because those are the only things that there are facts or um, or accounts that they're going to have to go on. So that was kind of my basis with the questioning, right? Um, let's see, what else? If your brand is created on trust and transparency, then 
why not just address it? Goop gets checked and called out a lot. They ask us respond damn near every single time. Yeah, we was wrong on that. We're going to get a fact checker. Well, here's a response on this. Like, like people, like, it's, a, it's almost kind of like if you're putting yourself out there, you kind of, like, like Monique said, you, if you're soliciting yourself, there's going to be some level of questioning if shit don't seem right. But if you present yourself as if you're not above or if you're above some of the shit you do, it's going to look worse. Especially if you present like you hella enlightened and you on some 5D shit and you super enlightened. Because it now it comes like you're on a pedestal. So anything that's beneath the shit you say is going to automatically lead people in the direction of, hold on, ho, this don't make sense. Explain this to me. And that's kind of what she's going through right now. To think that you can ascend over a system that you financially benefit from to where you feel like you too good to answer questions and shit, that's fucking wild to me. That doesn't make any sense. How the fuck you gonna ascend over other people and then take their damn money? That doesn't make sense to me. Anyway. As much as I say you don't owe nobody shit, because I say that a lot, when we assume positions as business women and men, as well as leaders, whether we accept that or not, and we're exchanging money and energy, if you have taken something out of someone, whether it's energy or money, you have automatically, whether you want to or not, placed yourself in a position to be questioned. And bullying versus wanting an answer? I don't think this is the same in this case. And um, she continued to, well, I kept seeing that people were saying, oh, I'm blocked. Even people that I followed, they were saying, oh, she blocked me, she blocked me. And I was kind of like, damn, she tripping. Why is she blocking people? She ain't blocked me. You know, no big deal. And I wasn't, I wasn't even tripping when she did. But, just, <laughs> but it was funny. So um, I said, the thing is that people are saying the online and the offline personas don't match. The goods and services are based on lies and that they're the same things that you preach against. At some point, this has to be addressed. The passive approach seems to invite more because there's no assertion, and I want to finish of otherwise by random characters. That girl block game is quick as fuck. I admire that level of block game because I couldn't even goddamn finish the tweets, the second tweet before she blocked me. And I laughed. I was like, girl, you big mad. You mad as fuck, huh? It ain't even that serious. People are calling you a fraud, they're attacking your ass, and you ain't saying shit, and you're going to just keep blocking people. You can't block everybody. The more you block, the more people are going to jump on their own platforms because, again, we're all equal. We're all on the same playing field. They're going to keep talking, and it's going to come out more what has happened with people that you may have dealt with. That's all I was saying. I mean, but, again, it is what it is. Um, again, I wasn't a fan of hers anyway. It's just kind of like, yo, bro, you're going to respond to this shit, bro. They're kind of they're dragging your ass on a daily diet, you know, but whatever. Um, but... I was like, you know what? She blocked me. But I've seen some of her other tweets on my timeline. So I'm going through certain shit. And I see it's on Instagram too, because people like, you know, screenshot put on Instagram too. And I seen some things and I said, oh, I see. This don't be making sense. Okay. I see why I don't follow. She says things like, what did she say that didn't make sense to me? 
The new age spirituality that we see in the media and being mass produced is no different than anything else out there. It's a wolf in sheep's clothing. It's based on controlling the buyer by promising some fake dose of healing or happiness by subscribing to their products. Is that not what the fuck you do with your shit? Is that not what you do when you want to sell your products to people? Is that not what you do when you tweet beautiful content that inspires people to eventually trust your brand and buy shit from? How does this work, Sway? Is that not what everybody low-key is doing to a degree? Everybody's not a wolf in sheep's clothing, but everybody is trying to get something out of something here. Like I said before, whether it's for likes and retweets if you're not a business or whether it's to convert you into a customer or whether it's to continue as a customer. I thought that was kind of wild. It's like the shit that you're talking about, people are accusing you for. And rather than address it, you're going to block people. That shit wild to me. Then it's the media is a conscious entity used in the lower timelines as a tool to keep people trapped in illusions. If humanity was, could not be mind controlled, there would be no media or industries to begin with. Oh, like social media? The same social media you sell your shit on? The same social media you wanted to shop your series on? The same social media that you use to promote your business? The same control that you have over people's emotions when you tweet relatable, resonating shit? I was like, I see why this article was being written. At first, I was like, you know what? This makes, it's, it's kind of makes sense. Again, I don't, like, I'm not them. So I can always take and reject. But the article made sense. And the more I kind of started going through her shit, right before I was blocked, as well as some of the shit I saw afterwards, because she's literally everywhere, I was like, damn. She literally is the same person that people, like, she preaches against the shit that people say she is. That shit crazy as fuck to me. That shit is wild. It comes off, it does come off elitist. You can dictate what's what. You can call people sheep's clothing. You can act like you're exposing the veils and the systems. When somebody talks about your own system and veils being exposed, you got a fucking problem? How does that work? That shit is crazy to me. But again, when people are looking for something to hold on to, basic shit that's being said like, oh, this physical year... Or what was it? Last year, the bulk of dense energy on social media platforms was Instagram. Somehow it did a massive energy rebirth and Twitter now takes the lead for lower vibrational users. It's easier to be nasty to strangers and hide on this platform. I think Twitter needs a resurrection. But I had a stand do the same shit to me. One of her stands. She can't control that. I respect that. But it's almost like, who are you to dictate what's lower vibrational if you're supposed to be the same girl selling $3 trinkets for 30 from AliExpress and eBay telling people it's handmade in Philly and it's actually made in China or India somewhere. How does this work? How do we jump on the, on the horse where we think that we are the sole motherfucking authority on things that are enlightened, high vibrational, high vibrational, and just overall better? That's wild. That's why this fucks me. I just don't understand, bro. People come for your business. People come for your credibility. It's a feel like you're so ascended to where you can deflect the, 
um, allegations as attacks when it's not like gossip. It's actual people that fucking know you. And then you're blocking people and you're trying not to entertain the quote unquote negativity when it's people that actually would have spent money with you to buy, you know, your products or they would have actually followed you or they would have actually gave you the benefit of the doubt. It's just very telling the handling of negative press or things that appear to not have her in a favorable light. And the reason why some of y'all probably like, why the fuck you going so hard on her? Whatever. It's because this is the only experience that I've had firsthand to where I can actually understand where people come from on this. People legit don't want to attack people all the time. People have questions. And to kind of handle things like that and then present yourself, well, it really just it went back to the presentation. It's like, damn, you really present yourself like you really be on some whole other high vibrational shit, but you can't even answer questions that hold you accountable. Can you hold yourself accountable? Because these other four people in this article say you can't. That shit crazy to me. What was some other shit that I saw? And this is another thing, too. Not even, I mean, I hate to use her as an example, but um, I kind of thought it was interesting. Oh, side note. Well, no, no, I, I won't say that. I won't say that. Another thing I saw that said, taking a small portion of the truth and twisting it to support your agenda is manipulation and mind control. It's what politicians do. It's creating distortion in order to serve the ego consciousness. Choosing only to share a part of the truth is still telling a lie. But yet people are waiting on you to share your truth, though. Do you want to share the truth with us today about the things that are being said? It's motherfuckers that really want to believe in you, bro. Not me. (laughs) Clearly, but there's people that actually want to be able to say, yo, a person that I've supported actually isn't the person that they're saying they are if you can't even address that for the sake of them people that you claim the we the 5d we consciousness if you can't do that for them then what the fuck you doing it for for self this goes back to the intention why are we doing this for why are we being so spiritual why are we being so why are we presenting why are we presenting ourselves like this is it really for us is it for me or is it for, like, the greater good? Or is it for monetary gain? Like, what is it for? Oh, Lord. I don't even want to beat a dead horse. Because I know after this episode, I'm done with the shit. But I just think it's very interesting that I want to do an episode about spiritual elitism. And then um, this kind of situation happens. The perfect fucking example of spiritual elitism. Lack of accountability. Lack of addressing issues. Lack of being transparent. Manufactured mystery. Aesthetic over substance. Unfortunately, based on what I've researched, she fits the bill. It sucks. But she's a good-ass example of, of some of the shit we see on the journey. Hopefully, she can prove me wrong and she can provide a statement that can actually provide some type of further clarity and maybe clear her name because uh spiritual social media is 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 split yeah the people that scared us out that might know better yeah the people that don't give a fuck out the way because they're gonna blindly follow which is okay you know you, you do what you gotta do and then there's people who are speaking up and they they not with the shits no more so i don't really think this is gonna go away anytime soon i mean 
there was another issue. Doreen Virtue went Christian and people still mad about that shit <laughs> because the root is people felt misled. Now with Doreen Virtue, I feel it's a little different because you can't expect someone's journey to mirror your own. But the whole premise was people felt like they were lied to and they were misled. And people hold on to that, especially when you're in a consumer-driven society. When you're presenting as a personal brand slash business or a hybrid, I would say, people do not just buy the shit that we sell. They invest into us. So to feel like they were lied to by us gets personal. People hold on to that shit and they never forget it and they never stop talking about it. So I was hoping she would have said something, but she never responded. But you know, it is what it is. So that was my episode about spirituality in a social media age and Miss Audrey Kitchen. I wish her the best. I do. I don't know that girl like I said, but the shit ain't looking too nice right now. And I know for me, I have a platform and I'm going to say what the fuck I need to say. If you don't want to answer the questions, that's fine. I'll abuse my platform and make my own assessment with the facts that I have. So, um, yeah, that's it, y'all. I hope y'all enjoyed this episode. If you uh, like it, please subscribe. You know what I'm saying? I'm everywhere, like I said, on Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Um, Anchor, Poppy, Pocket Cast. I'm everywhere if you want to find me because I know some of y'all listen to be messy and y'all going to try to probably stand for your fave. And that's cool, baby, because that's nothing but fuel. I'm going to fuck around and have the best year ever with this hate. <laughs> but y'all gonna drive me to have the best year but um if you want to find me you can do so at uh spiritualhomegirl.com you can find me at uh where am i <laughs> spiritual homegirl on instagram and um yeah that's all i have to say i will resume my schedule with the dating episode reloaded so feel free to um send me your questions if you'd like and with that being said, that's it. This has been another episode of the Spiritual Homegirl Podcast. My name is Maria. Remember, trust the journey, trust yourself, and be genuine. Peace.